2 Timothy chapter number 2. We tried to make that transition and we did not make it as smoothly as I would have liked. 2 Timothy 2, we're going to read in verse 19. And then I want you to look in the verses ahead, I mean behind, so that you can please try and figure out what we're talking about here from last week. 2 Timothy 2.19. Everybody tune in. 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of the Christ depart from iniquity. Last week, we talked about two guys, Hymenius and Philetus. And uh, can you tell me what we talked about of those two guys? I'm glad. I'm glad that this week has not changed like any other week. What are we, we talked about two guys, Hymenius and Philetus. Do you remember what we talked about considering these two guys? What were they, Taylor? Yes, exactly. They were teaching false doctrine about no resurrection. Yes, thank you, Taylor. Are you going to add to it? Cam, go ahead. They were what? They were cankers? <laughs> Does anybody remember what canker means then? I hope you would still remember that. A sore, but gangrene. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that that image stuck with you guys, and that even beyond, I mean, even going outside of my recommendation of you not Googling gangrene, you guys Google image that anyway, and so your minds are scarred because you did not listen. So as we go to that, we, <laughs> we, go, to, we go to 2 Timothy 2.19, and we continue the same vein. So we're talking about Paul's talking to, to Timothy about these two guys and all the false doctrine that they're spreading. And he says, hey, Timothy, it's time to get serious about some things. He said, avoid some things. He said, study to show thyself approved. And I tried to get you guys to understand last week the importance of the study of the Word of God. Because there are people who are waiting, who desire to shake your faith in whatever way possible. And so I told you guys that if you're going to have a successful life, you have to Study to show yourself approved unto God. We talked about three weeks ago. Today we're going to go on that same track. And I want you to remember that even though this is taking us a long time, we're going verse by verse through this book. This is one book, one letter to one man about one thing. And that thing, as we're concerned, is continuing. Timothy, you've got to continue. So we come to 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The word nevertheless. Go ahead and fill in your blank. Despite all the false doctrine and negative influences, Paul has a reassuring message for Timothy. Despite all the false doctrine and negative influence, Paul has a reassuring message for Timothy. Timothy, and he's going to even do the same thing in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. He's going to tell a whole lot of bad news. Hey, Timothy, there's these guys who are spreading garbage to the church or shaking the faith of some. Timothy, all these bad things are happening. But nevertheless, Against everything, he said, I want to tell you something good. That's what we'll look at tonight. Number one, the foundation of the gods, the foundation of God stands sure. The word sure there means solid, stable. It means solid, stable. The ministry, the home, and the individual that is built upon God has a stable foundation. We're reminded of the story in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. I did it. I put it down there so you didn't have to worry about turning to it. 
I'll read it. Wherefore, who, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will like unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I think I've given you, told you guys about this before, but when I was in college, I, I pressure washed for a guy, and that was pretty much my job. Start my pressure washer in the morning at 9 o'clock, go until it ran out of gas, fill it up with gas, then pressure wash until it ran out of gas again, and then at, that's probably around lunchtime, then fill it back up with gas, and then go back out and pressure wash again eight hours a day for every day. And I, I enjoyed it, though, because I'm pretty much an introverted person, so I could put headphones in, and I was having a good time, probably one of my best jobs. But on times where I would run out of work to do, my, um, my boss that I worked for during that summer would take me places and just give me random jobs. So it would just be like, oh, well, you don't have anything to pressure wash, so I'm going to take you somewhere and do something random. One time I had to go to his mom's house and plant flowers. It was just like whatever he felt like making me do, he paid me, so I didn't care. But one time he took me to these people that were friends of his house, and they had this huge three-story house on, right on the ocean, right on the Atlantic Ocean. The ocean is probably from here to the road out here to, um, to Kelly with where the ocean is. And their house sits on this. They have a three-story house on the, right on the ocean. And I mean, the beach is their backyard. And I remember going in their house, and he's like, well, come on, let's walk inside. They weren't home. And he was friends of theirs. He had keys, so he opened the door. And I think I've told you guys this before, but this house had an elevator. You come in through the garage, and you get in the elevator and go up to the first, second, or third floor, however you want to do it. And he walked me through this awesome house. I mean, it's like brightly colored on the beach. I mean, you walk in, it has nice furniture, pictures all over the walls of the family. And they just looked like they were well-to-do. And I was like, wow, this is, if you're going to be living, this is a nice way to live. Uh, you just walk out the back door. I mean, you were on the beach. Not like I have to get in the car and drive down the road. I just walk out my back door, and I am on the beach. And he took me to the next door. Though that day, I had to cut their grass. So I cut their grass, their tiny little yard right before the sand. It took me like 10 minutes, but I cut their grass, and so the next day he was like, we didn't have anything to do, so he took me to their neighbor's house because he knew them too. And so we went to the, and the neighbor's house was like a little tiny, I wouldn't say it's a little tiny, but it was not anywhere compared to this three-story mansion over here that had an elevator and everything else. It was just a one-story brick house, just shaped in a square, had a regular roof on it and everything. Like for, if you look down through the beach area there where everybody lived, it was like the odd house out. Like, there's, like, all these huge mansion-like things, and then there's, like, one little brick house that has uh, just a regular roof, just a regular square brick house with regular windows, and it had a long driveway. I remember that. And I went through, we went, he's like, hey, let's walk inside this one. As we walked in, he was trying to show me something to do, and I saw on the wall there was dated pictures. Like, there was picture here, picture here, picture here, and they all had dates, and every picture it was just a picture of this little brick house. And I asked, I was like, why, why do they take pictures of their house and, like, date them on the years? It's like, this house changed that much that every year they have to put that, that picture of the house up and just date it. Is it just something special to them and their family or something? He's like, well, Aaron, this is what it is. He said, every one of these years is the date of a major hurricane. And he said, this is the house. They take a picture of the house. there every major hurricane that came through. And for a while, when I was growing up, we seemed to have, we had, like, two or three major hurricanes in one year. So it was like they would come back to back to back to back. And he's like, every time there's a major hurricane, they take a picture of this house. And if you look at the picture of the house, 
There is nothing on the beach except for this one little brick house. Like you, in every picture, like you look down, they take it from wide, there's just like, everything's leveled in this one little brick house. And he said, they were in the brick business. And so that's what the family had made their money. They had owned a brick business out in Raleigh. And so they came, that was their home, summer home. And he said, you know what? Every time there's a storm, this is the only house on the beach that makes it. And I thought, wow. When you think about the, the story of the wise man and the foolish man, it is a real life example of someone who, if it was me, not knowing the situation, I would have said, if you said, Aaron, would you like this house or that house? I would say, there's not even nothing to think about. I want that house. I want to bring my friends friends over and say, hey, sorry, we got to take the elevator up to my room. (laughs) Ding! And get up to the, I would even hire a friend to be like a bellhop just so he could walk in there and hit the button for me. That's the house I would want to live in if I was to choose. But from the pictures, it was evident that for every year a hurricane came through, the house to have was the little brick house that looked like the odd house out. The Bible says this. Paul says, hey, Timothy, Hymenaeus, and all those guys spreading false doctrine to the church, there's bad things going on. And Timothy, I'm just going to be, give you reality that everything is not what it seems to be. It is not, everything is not rosy and peaches. There's some problems in this world, and Timothy, I'm going to tell you about them. But even amidst all those problems, he says this, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands it short. So he says, Timothy, of all the people that have lost their faith, of all the people that fall along the wayside, he said, Timothy, you can mark this down, that the foundation of God stands it short. You know what, sometimes, for me, seeing friends that I grew up with, and I look on some of my friends that I grew up with and that I, we hung out with, and I look at, just throw it out there, we look at, I look at their Facebook pages now. One of the friends that I was really close to growing up, he tagged me in a thing and talked about how much fun we used to have and all that. I look at his life, and I mean, to be perfectly honest, and I say this kindly, his life is in shambles. And I look, I'm like, we grew up in the same church. We were best friends. And I don't understand all the things that went wrong in his life. I've talked to him every, I mean, I've messaged him once or twice, and we've talked. But when I look at what Paul's writing to Timothy, Timothy, there are people that are losing their faith, getting shaken in verse 18. They're walking away. They don't know the word of God, and they're falling away. It says, Timothy... The foundation of God stand sure. If you're going to build your life, guys, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to beg you, be the little brick house. The world has all the flashy things. And the world has all the nice things. But Paul writes to Timothy, hey, aside from all those things, when the storm comes in Matthew, what Jesus said, he said, hey, they're all going to be obliterated, and the only one that's going to be left is the wise man that heeded what God had to say. And Paul tells Timothy, nevertheless, all the bad things aside, the foundation of God, you build your life upon God because he is still standing. He is steadfast. He goes on, having this seal. 
having this seal. The seal is a signet or a stamp. A mark of genuineness. Seal, a signet, stamp. Paul said, this is how you can know the foundation of God stands for sure. He gives you two reasons. He says, here is the seal, the mark of genuineness. When we're in, um, when we go to New York and you go to Canal Street and everybody goes around with those shady people that have stuff all in their coats and buy, and they take you behind the fake walls and Katie, Katie Nova says, hey, this is where you need to get a coach first. And they pull up a rug and hit a button and the wall moves and you walk behind the wall and the wall closes back and they're like, we can't open the door. They have to open on the outside. You're like, well, this is probably not all that legal then, I guess. I've never seen anybody have to do this in a regular store. But, but they have, well, when you buy that stuff, we all know that you get it for 20 bucks because it's not real. The buy, what? <laughs> those Oakleys that fell apart are not real? I was trying to get warranty on those things. <laughs> but when we look at it, we know there's a mark of genuineness on the product. Here's what Paul's saying. Having this seal, this is how you know the foundation of God staying assured. The Lord knoweth them that are his. In the midst of confusion and hardship, it is reassuring to know that God knows me. God knows me. In the midst of confusion and hardship, it is reassuring to know that God knows me. I was thinking about this today. A little while ago, probably when I first got here um, to Trinity, I met Pastor Doug Jackson, the pastor of Community Baptist Church in in, um, Saginaw. And I know that, to me, he is considered, to me, I consider him a big-name preacher. I know he's the president of the uh, Independent Fundamental Baptist Association up here in Michigan. And I think he's a funny guy, if you ever heard him. I don't know if you ever heard him preach, but he's hilarious. Like, every other word is a joke, and he's not even trying to be funny. Like, he's he's just a great guy. And I remember I went to visit his church. I had met him one time. And I went to his church for a revival, a Dave Young revival. And we went there, and I went and sat down. I wasn't wearing a suit and tie anything. I just kind of snuck out of here dressed like I would regularly come to work, and I sat down. And I remember he walked up to the pulpit, and he pointed to me, and he said, it's good to have Aaron Burden here from the youth pastor at Trinity Baptist Church. And I was like, I didn't even know the dude knew me. Like, he announced me from the pulpit, not because I thought I was that big of a deal, but because I thought, man, this is Pastor Doug Jackson. Like, he just looks down. I just walk in the building, and he's like, hey, it's good to have Pastor Aaron Burden here with me. And I thought, man, how awesome that is. But when we look at this verse... Nevertheless, the foundation of God said assured, the Lord knoweth them that are his. It is no big deal that I know who God is. It isn't. But that God knows me, he even cares to know me, that's a big deal. We see celebrities. I remember we're, me and Brandon were talking when Brandon went to the um, Oklahoma Thunder game, and he said that Kevin Durant gave him a nod. And he's like, he's like as soon as Kevin Durant gave him the nod, he was like, yes. Kevin Durant gave me the nod. We look at people on earth, and there are people that if I saw them and they'd said something to me, I'd be like, wow, that's pretty awesome. But you know what's awesome? That the God who created the heavens and the earth, he knows me, and he desires me. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. That God Almighty, we were in the airplane flying back from North Carolina. He looked down. And the world is just like a whole bunch of little dots. I mean, the cars that dr- drive by are like smaller than Hot Wheel cars on the airplane. And to magnify that for however high heaven is, to magnify that, and then to do the Google Earth little zoom in thing, and zoom in on these little dots that are us. 
that the God, he- God of heaven would desire to know me. That's an awesome thought. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands assured, having this seal so that you can know this, this stamp of genuineness. The Lord knows the people that are his. He cares about what's going on in my life. Nahum 1-7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. That's an awesome thing. That God would even care to know me and then desire to listen to me. Out of all the people in this room, in this church, that God would love a sinner such as I. He says, hey, you can have this seal that the Lord knoweth them that are his. And then he goes on. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Nameth the name, it means to profess. To assign a name or a title. Nameth the name, to profess, assign a name or a title. To depart. Means to desert, withdraw self, to remove. To desert, withdraw self, to remove. Iniquity is wickedness. So I, if I profess, if I assign a name or title to myself of Christ, I am to remove myself from any wickedness. Every person that professes Christ should desert wickedness. Do not pack up, please. I'm almost done. Every person that professes Christ should desert wickedness. He says, hey, there's two things you'll know. Number one, the Lord knows those who are his. So you know what else that means? That means it's not my job to look around and tell who isn't. The Lord knows and that he would care enough for me to want to know me. That's an awesome thing. But he says, he goes on and says this. If you profess, if you're willing to wear the title, if you're willing to put on the name of Christ, then you need to depart from evil. You need to depart from wickedness. So this is where it hits us. That God in heaven would love me enough to get to know Aaron Burden, to care what Aaron Burden cares about, to know that I can get on my knees with a request of something so stupid that maybe you guys would laugh at and mock, but that God in heaven would care about is an awesome thing. But then it behooves me. If I hold the name Christ, if I profess, I have to depart from iniquity. It is a popular thing to be a Christian nowadays. I'm not talking about the Christians that like, are in the news and trying to be hardcore, but I'm saying it is, there is a cool Christian lifestyle nowadays. I have, um, just by illustration, this thing in the day, on Instagram, just throw it out there, being real, where we live. I'm on Instagram, the photo sharing site, and I do have, and I'm not saying this to brag or anything like that, I have a number of people that follow me on Instagram, upwards of 5,000. Praise the Lord for it. I don't know why. But I do. And up when I, sometimes when I look through the followers, I try to find other people to follow. And I look, I read their little tag there. And I read their tag, and it may say, like, lover of God, Christ follower, this. And I think, okay, if I see that tag, I will probably look down and see through their photos and see if maybe I'll follow them. I, I don't want to follow a whole lot of people, but if there's gonna, people I'm going to follow, I want to follow a godly person. And I scroll down their feed. They're like drunk at a bar, holding a beer. Like, oh, 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 taking pictures and like some curse words in the caption. I'm like, didn't at the top, scroll back up, scroll back up. Yeah, he said he was a Christ follower. I don't know any Christ followers are supposed to act like that. 
That to me, I understand, like I'm not even talking about any gray areas. I'm just saying to me, this is utter wickedness. Oh, Christ follower, lover of God, godly mom, this. Scroll down the feed. She doesn't, she's not dressed properly. That, that's not godly. Scroll back up. <laughs> yep, she says Christ follower, this, 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 and this. Now, I'm not talking about gray areas. I'm talking about things that I know to be wickedness. And the Bible says this, that God knows me. But if I'm going to grab his title, if I'm going to wear the badge of Christian as it is for us, cool for us to do, then I must depart from iniquity. I must desert, is the word. I give it up, I retreat, I run away from that which is wrong. And see, that's our version of Christianity doesn't live that way. See, our version of Christianity says, well, God's a God of grace, which he is. Well, I have the right liberties to do this kind of thing, and you may. God's not going to strike anybody dead. But Paul says this, Timothy, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands assured. Timothy, everybody may fall by the wayside. Everyone may have their face shaken and they go different directions. But I want to write it down for, for you, Timothy. God is still sure. You can still build your life upon him. No matter what else happens, you can still go and, just like that wise man, build your house upon the rock who is God. And he says, but it has this seal. The Lord knows who's his, who are his. He knows his people. And if you're going to wear the name tag... You're going to profess, you're going to take the title of Christian. He says, then you need to depart from the name. And this is where me, you, we all have to just say, you know what? We do a lot of talking about how great God is. And I would dare say that most of your friends may know you as a Christian. But do they know us as a Christian that's deserted to the best of our ability? I'm not saying we don't fall. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying we're walking around like goody two-shoes or our noses up in there. Well, I have nothing to do with anyone who's a part of iniquity. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying the simple thing of, in my life, I want to be characterized. I want to take the title a Christian. But I want to wear it so that it brings honor and glory to God. God said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stand assured. The Lord knoweth them who are his. Let every man that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, God, we thank you for your word. God, thank you for 2 Timothy 2.19. And God, I ask you to help us take the principles found in your word once again and apply them to our lives. God, I ask you to help us if we grab the, your name, God, that it would not be drugged through the mud in this youth group or that it would not be drugged through the mud in our schools. Lord, even in our homes with our families, Lord, that we'd wear it. And Lord, to the best of our abilities with Holy Spirit power, God, we would depart from iniquity. God, we need your help so badly. Lord, we thank you for this time today. Thank you for the time we've had to get fun as a youth group and just get together. And Lord, bless our time for the rest of it. Lord, the rest of our nights. Uh, the rest of our nights. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.